Hello and welcome to The Stockout. The Stockout is your show at FreightWaves about CPG companies and their supply chains. I am your host, Mike Bowden. I'm still an analyst and market expert here. And one of the things I do is write the Stockout newsletter and host the Stockout uh, podcast and show, which is uh, what this is. And uh, what I'm going to do today is go through just a couple of news items. And then I'm going to talk about trends that I think you should watch uh, in 2022. So I've identified 10 trends that I think are really going to shape the CPG industry in 2022. Uh, you know, I'd be open to uh, you know, hearing what other people uh, have to say, too. If you want to um, you know, drop me a line, I'm pretty easy to find uh, with the newsletter and on FreightWaves.com. Uh, so uh, before I do that and get into you know what you should expect in 2022 from the CPG industry, uh, just a quick word from our sponsor. Our sponsor is Flock Freight, uh, who was able to join me for my uh, webinar earlier this week. We had a good discussion about uh, the, how the truckload, uh, CPG companies who are using truckload can improve their efficiency. Um, so with Flock Freight, uh, keep track of moving parts and adhering to a strict distribution schedule is not always easy for a CPG uh, company. Fortunately, uh, we have a solution for your mid-sized freight. Flock Freight's tech-driven shared truckload service is, is the only one on the market that provides low damage rates and free carbon neutral offsets, all while keeping your customers happy with on-time load-to-ride delivery. Upgrade to a reliable experience with at Flock Freight, that's F-L-O-C-K-F-R-E-I-G-H-T.com. So go check out Flock Freight and a big thanks to Flock Freight for sponsoring uh, this podcast show and um, the newsletter the past uh, the past quarter. Uh, so be- before getting into uh, the top trends that you know I think is, is going to shape the industry in 2022, I'll talk just about a couple of news items. So the first uh, news item, you know, this week I think the biggest thing that happened in the CPG industry, which I think is a harbinger of things to come, is you know Kellogg uh, uh, Union. Uh, you know, Kellogg had struck a, a tentative agreement with its union. This is the, the bakery group that, you know, makes cereal, Frosted Flakes, et cetera. And, um, you know, the, the union workers, you know, voted no on this agreement. This was an agreement that would give them a raise. I would also, um, you know, I guess some adjustment to the, the permanent, to, to the two-tiered, you know, wage system. So, you know, this was, affects 1,400 workers. And Kellogg came out and said that they're going to permanently replace those workers. Um, so just a lot of interesting developments there. We'll see, you know, what 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 actually happens, or if this, you know, leads to more, uh, you know, unrest um, on the labor side of things. It does seem like the, the labor groups are more emboldened, you know, recently, um, you know, including those in the CPG industry. We saw that strike from Mondelez. You know, Mondelez is the company that makes, you know, Oreos and other, you know, snack snack foods. Um, saw a strike from them, you know, earlier. So, um, you know, another, uh, you know, just. Labor unrest, which I think is is, is going to be a theme here, and just saw the news, you know, it, that the um, union, or the, the the workers in uh, Starbucks in Buffalo, New York, voted to uh, unionize. Um, so I thought that was was interesting as well. Sort of amazing. That's the first location that uh, place that's going to happen. So that was the first uh, you know news story, and then the other thing that just really sort of stands out to me from uh, just all the data that we have at FreightWave Sonar is actually this week on the intermodal side of things, which is the area I follow you know, very closely. And uh, you know, we, have, we get intermodal spot rates from, you know, about, in about 100 lanes. We get this from a, a domestic intermodal company that gets those rates directly from the class one rails. I have a couple of, of charts you know, on that. And what stood out in the last week is 
these lanes outbound from LA, um, you know, LA to Atlanta and LA to Chicago. So LA to Atlanta, the rates were down 32%, LA to Chicago down 33 and a half percent. And, um, you know, in both of those cases, now you look at those intermodal rates and they're sort of where they should be when you put that in the context of the truckload spot rates that we have uh, in Sonar. Uh, recall, we just rolled out um, this market dashboard uh, track product that we call it, which is spot rates that we're getting from brokers that, that the brokers are paying for their you know truckload capacity. So now you compare those things and you say, well, now the intermodal spot rates are sort of well below the, the truckload rates, even on some of these dense lanes from LA to Atlanta, LA to Chicago. And I think what was happening before was the rails were basically pricing themselves out of those markets because there had been so much congestion, you know, on the West Coast. And so I think this is just one indicator that, you know, some of that congestion is, is starting to become, you know, alleviated, uh, you know, on the, on the West Coast. So I think it's a good thing for intermodal shippers. You sort of look at, at some of those lanes um, and the volume data that we have. You know, we have a daily uh, data series for intermodal volume. And in, in those lanes, specifically LA Chicago, LA Atlanta, the, the volumes are the highest they've been, you know, all year. So I think that's also encouraging and also sort of speaks to um, railway fluidity improving. Hopefully we're past the, the, the worst parts of, uh, of the congestion you know, there, um, you know, really the area that uh, intermo- uh, that congestion has not gotten worse has been on the ocean and on the, the L.A., uh, you know, off of the L.A. Long Beach ports. Um, we've done some good articles on uh, FreightWeeks.com. Some of my colleagues have, um, you know, Greg Miller and Eric Kulish have, have written about this pretty extensively. But you sort of, you know, have, have so, you look at the vessels that are offshore, uh, off the ports of L.A. Long Beach and the ones that are 40 miles or so are, are down, um, but you look at the ones that are within 150 miles, and it's still something like 90, you know, vessels that are within 150 miles. So it is kind of window dressing to, um, you know, not have as many vessels right at the port. Um, so you don't have those the, those pictures we've all seen of all the container ships waiting right outside the port, but still lots of lots of congestion uh, there. And, um, you know, I think the industry is going to have a little bit of time to catch up. We're starting to get into a slower season for, for shipping, but it'll probably, you know, pick up again after, you know, Chinese New Year. Chinese New Year does come early uh, this coming year, sort of, I think it's the first week of, of, of February. So not a lot of time for the industry to, 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 to catch its breath. So still, um, you know, congestion on the, the, on the water, you know, at the ports, but at least the intermodal railway congestion does seem to be getting better uh, based on what we're seeing in our data um, in, in FreightWave Sonar. So with that, as being a little bit of a rundown of the news, I'll go into uh, my main topic this week, which will be a rundown of 10 CPG industry trends to watch in 2022. And um, just hoping this is going to be the, the beginning of a discussion. Uh, if you, you know, anyone agrees, disagrees, has other trends that I missed, um, would love to hear any uh, feedback. But so, so trend number one is um, really the consumer uh, sentiment, consumer spending are going in different directions, which I think is a concern for, you know, CPG companies. I mean, one of the, the, the trends over the last, I mean, really since the pandemic began is, is the CPG, you know, d- demand has been really tremendous. Um, even had on the Consumer Brands Association on this show, um, you know, a few weeks ago. And, you know, ask them, you know, are you seeing any evidence of consumers cutting back on spending 
And the Consumer Brands Association says says no. And this is a company that that, that really um, you know uh, represents a large number of you know, CPG companies, um, and, and they just really aren't seeing it. But I think what concerns you know me is is when you look at um, you know the, so the wages you know rising as tight as the late labor market is, wages are rising about five percent. I think the latest one was four point eight percent. Meanwhile, the the CPI measure of inflation rising 6.2%. So I have a chart on there and you do sort of see uh, the, the inflation outpacing, you know, wage growth. And so consumers um, are losing in, in, in real terms. Um, so that's problematic too, a little bit for people that, you know, are still able to go out and get themselves a raise like most workers, you know, are, but, you know, bigger concern for retirees and people on a fixed income, you know, you know, people like that. So, so even though, um, you know, right now the consumers still seem to be spending. You look at a lot of this, you know, consumer data of what consumers are actually doing. And I think in the third quarter, going back to the Consumer Brands Association, they their data had them up, you know, 8.7% in terms of what consumers are spending in the third quarter versus a year ago. And that's even against a difficult comp. Um, so, so, so really tr- sort of tremendous, you know, growth. But you look at uh, consumer uh, sentiment surveys and those things like the University of Michigan study and consumers are, um, is more concerned than they have been in a while, you know, citing uh, in, in inflation. And so it is a disconnect between what a lot of consumers are saying in a lot of these polls and what they're actually doing. Now, you may say, you know, um, actions speak louder than words, um, or, you know, on the other hand, uh, maybe the sentiment is a leading indicator of what consumers are actually going to do and really what their plans are, you know, for the for, for the coming years, um, you know, sort of my perception is it's a little bit of both and a little bit bifurcated between people who have seen their stock portfolios rise and, and other people who don't have stock portfolios and are more concerned about what gas prices are doing, what grocery prices are doing, uh, what the prices of diapers are doing, what rents are doing, all of those things, and they're losing ground to inflation. So I do I, I think, you know, the next year you're really going to see a bifurcation um, you know, between uh, consumer segments, maybe even more so than we have seen uh, in the past. So that's that's trend number n- number one. Um, you know, watch out for you know certain percentage of the consumers to to, to cut back. Uh, trend number two is uh, sort of no surprise. Probably CPG companies plan to raise prices further in 2022. Um, you know, we've been talking a lot about how uh, consumer um, com- goods companies have been raising prices you know, this year, but I think they've actually taken a pretty sort of cautious approach given, you know, how much uh, pressure has been on a lot of their input costs. And, you know, really what's what, what sort of happened is um, you know, the, the consumer goods companies have recognized that there's a certain amount of elasticity in their prices. They don't want to raise them too much uh, and consumer, have consumers go to a different, uh, go to a different brand. And so they've, you know, eaten some of the margin pressure uh, that you know, that's taken place because of the of the input uh, you know prices and and so it, it's kind of like if the um, their input cost rose eight percent they've taken a four percent price increase um, of course there's also a time a timing difference here where it takes time between when CPG company plans to raise prices and when those prices actually make it them their way onto shelves and so even though we've been talking about uh, inflation all year. You know, a lot of those prices finally hit shelves starting in about September, October, um, including some of the some of the bigger ones from you know Procter and Gamble and uh, Kimberly Clark. A lot of those hit in in, in September, so it's relatively recently that uh, the, the 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 average consumer um, has really noticed you know a sharp increase in 
um, you know, the, the price of the price of goods. Now, a lot of these CPG companies are planning for further price increases starting at the beginning of next year. Um, you know, there was one news report about uh, General Mills who was going to increase prices upwards of 20% on some products. And that's a little surprising just because we haven't seen those type of price increases for most consumer products outside of, let's say, meat, where the, you know, meat prices, you know, have been well up, you know, well into double digits, a lot of times over 20%, but for, for, for you know, other, other types of foods really haven't seen that. So there's going to be more pressure um, you know, on, on consumers in, in 2022 in terms of prices. Um, so sort of, sort of watch out for, for, for that. We'll see, um, you know, if that changes, you know, consumers behavior in some cases it, it will. So that leads to my third uh, trend for 2022 in the CPG world, which as I think you'll see some regaining of market share by the private label brands. I think the private label brands will regain you know, some of the share that they've lost, um, maybe all the share they lost from the national brands during the during the pandemic. So one of the trends you know, during the pandemic is consumers opted for um, the national brands, which are you know, a little more expensive than the, 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 the private label brands that are the, you know, the store brought sort of generic brands, if you will. Um, and, you know, a large part of that was consumers had a little bit more money in their pocket, all these stimulus programs, um, you know, less travel and spending. You know, et cetera. But I think you could see a reversal of those trends because of the winding down of a lot of these, um, you know, stimulus programs. And there was really an interesting uh, graphic that Treehouse Foods showed at one of its investor days. Treehouse Foods um, is a manufacturer of private label foods for you know companies like Trader Joe's and, and, and Aldi's and, and and other retailers. And and what and what they showed is that you look at some states that have um, you know scaled back their um, you know, benefits programs a little bit earlier, like a lot of these Southern states, and they've seen a tick up in private label uh, food purchases in those states earlier than, than some of the other states uh, that kept those um, you know, you know, extended unemployment benefits and, and other benefits on a little, bit, a, bit, a little bit longer. So it does suggest that if um, you know, government takes more steps to rein in inflation, that um, you know, consumers will trade down to the private label brands and you'll see private label uh, brands, uh, you know, do do well again. So I think that's a, a trend to to, to watch. Um, the fourth trend I have is I think the CPG companies will continue to be in the Biden administration's crosshairs. And um, you know what I mean by that is uh, you know Biden administration administration came out with um, you know this, this uh, executive order um, to promote competition throughout the the um, you know American economy. You know it sort of hit everything from you know, tr- tractor components to, you know, repairing, how, can you repair your own iPhone, um, you know, versus not having that ability. So it, it had, it had, you know, very wide, wide sweeping. And, you know, it does include, did include some things, you know, related to, um, you know, the CPG industry. And then th- there were also, um, you know, th- various uh, things that the administration's come out with that have, have um, you know, basically starting to put pressure on, the competition in the, the packaged you know, uh, food uh, industry and, and the meat industry specifically. And so they basically called out the, um, you know, the, the, the meat processing industry because in most of the, the big meat categories, there's four big processors, the, you know, the, and, and then there's a, uh, a wide range of companies that, um, you know, small ranchers that, you know, sell them the, the, the cattle and the, the, the chickens and, and, the, and sort of the inputs, uh, you know, there. So, they were looking, um, you know, is, is that industry too concentrated? And then they also 
um, you know, asked for all this documentation on uh, supply chains within the food uh, segment um, and, and also uh, the companies that are in grocery and, and retailers. So all these companies are going to have to turn over a lot of documents to, you know, show, you know, what's happened with their supply chains, um, you know, in the last year. And I think sort of the, the sort of the, 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 big, the overarching, you know, thing here is that um, you know, Biden administration is looking for, you know, someone to blame for the, the rising, you know, inflation, which consumers, uh, you know, are, are very, concerned about or increasingly concerned about, I think they're going to be even more upset about in 2022 when some of these uh, CPG companies and um, just really throughout our our economy, you know, finally push forward even higher uh, price increases. So trend number five, um, you know, I think the the, the labor issues are going to continue, um, but I think the CPG uh, companies are also going to find creative ways to address their labor shortfalls. And, you know, I already talked about the, the Kellogg strike and the Mondelez strike, um, but really it goes beyond uh, companies that are that are that are experiencing strikes. That you know Tyson has had issues with just um, you know people showing up. They've had big outbreaks of COVID at their uh, facilities, um, and, and so they've they've come up with some interesting things like you know helping people with you know transportation, helping people with with childcare, having more flexible hours, you know those type of things. And they also had an investor day uh, today. And sort of going through some of those materials, um, you know, what they're doing is they are investing in a lot of automation. And so they're looking at places where it's difficult to hire, you know, jobs that are that are dangerous and you're going to doing do those more more automated. And I think that's going to be a big you know, trend in this in the CPG industry is you know, looking for ways to you know, automate some of these tasks that are. That, that are manual, and I think you know, sort of, sort of recognizing that um, you know the labor shortage. It may not be a temporary thing. It may be something that's a little generational. Um, it's, it's possible that we've sort of reached a tipping point in terms of an aging population, in terms of ha- you know having a certain uh, you know, portion of the the um, you know, population that wants to go to work every day. Um, particularly, you don't know what's going to happen with you know things like. Um, you know, extended childcare benefits and, and, and those type of things. But I think all those things reduce incentives to work. And I think the CPG companies, you know, realize that and they're going to make strides to make their um, businesses more labor efficient. Trend number six, I think the major CPG brands are going to continue to diversify into higher growth and higher margin segments. We've seen a lot of this in the last year. Companies like Nestle recognizing that their best segments are health food and pet food. Um, you know, pets, you know, a lot of people adopted pets in the last year, but but health food, I think, um, you know, a lot of those segments, they've been growing, they've been putting a lot of money, Nestle has, into their persona, um, you know, vitamin uh, uh, program, which is basically a way that basically direct to consumer, uh, you know, vitamin that's that's customized for, you know, people's, you know, specific needs. So I think you're going to see, you know, more of, more of, more of that um, going into some of those segments. And I think also that you're seeing the meat companies diversify into uh, alternative, you know, meats, basically plant-based meat as, as sort of a hedge. And um, you're seeing some of these uh, big CPG companies diversifying into niche brands or even brands that are perceived to be cooler or perceived to be sort of startup brands. And in some cases, they're, they're acquiring uh, startups. In other cases, they're launching brands that um, sort of uh, look, feel, and smell like a cool startup that, you know, is not something that 
Procter and Gamble or Unilever would own, but where in fact they, they they do own it, and they're just not you know advertising that that, that they own it. So I, th- I think you're going to see more of that um, to preserve markets here. So expect CPG companies to diversify um, into higher growth, higher margin segments. Um, so expect that. Uh, trend number seven. Um, can't talk uh, do a show at Freightways uh, without talking about freight costs. Uh, I do think freight costs will continue to rise in 2022. Um, and, and really what stood out to me in the last week is I listened to another uh, you know, webinar um, that uh, Mike Regan hosted. He's at uh, Transact Technologies and he had um, you know, a panel of uh, professionals at, uh, from uh, various companies there. And, and one of them was uh, Dave Yeager at Hub Group, CEO of Hub Group. And he said specifically on the intermodal side, that, um, you know, that because intermodal contract rates have risen steadily throughout 2021, and they've, they've risen um, to such an extent that companies that are going to uh, reprice their contracts in early 2022 that had not repriced their contracts in about a year are going to be looking at something like a 20% uh, increase in intermodal contract rates. So that's a, a big number to digest. And he said even the ones that have sort of repriced their contracts more recently, let's say in the third quarter or so, um, those are going to be subject to more like a still a, a double digit increase. So um, you know, I think a lot of cases, you know, companies that have, have gone through 2021 um, facing tough transportation market, a lot of those are just going to translate into higher freight costs in 2022. So not great news uh, for the CPG companies that are listening to this. Uh, trend number eight, uh, capital is still flowing into alternative foods, despite the recent disappointment in uh, plant-based, um, the plant-based space. We saw uh, Beyond Meat sell off, um, you know, the other week, um, you know, some disappointing resor- results. Uh, there's, there's been a, a lot of competition you know, in that space, including from some of the big companies, but still seeing a lot of investments um, in things like cell-based meat and vertical farming, Whole Foods called vertical farming, their number one trend to watch in 2022. It had a couple of those companies on uh, the stock out recently. And um, I think that's a really interesting um, you know, space uh, made possible by uh, LED lights that um, you know, have really come down the cost curve. You know, trend number nine, I think you're going to see uh, changes to strategies for sourcing ingredients. And in the last um, you know, year. I mean, a lot of the um, you know, cost pressure has come from shortages of ingredients, and a lot of those shortage those those um, shortages have, have come from severe you know, weather events and, and things like that. I mean, um, you know, who would have thought that coffee would be twice as expensive as it was a year ago because there's frost in Brazil? Um, but that's the reality that we're facing. So I think you're going to see more CPG companies look for to really just sort of diversify their supply base um, so they aren't, uh, you know, as locked into to certain suppliers or even certain regions of the world, even if it's a little bit higher cost strategy, um, you know, initially, I think they're going to do that to, to try to alleviate some of these, you know, supply chain uh, constraints. And uh, finally, uh, 10, um, you know, I think on the e-commerce side, the CPG companies are going to find more sort of creative ways to enhance their e-commerce sales. And I think one of those ways is more, you know, direct marketing, um, you know, all of these retailers that are, uh, you know, sell groceries, you know, whether it's Kroger or, or, or Walmart, they're really collecting a tremendous, tremendous amount of information on each individual consumer. So you go to those websites and if you've been there before, they know that you have a dog or they know that you like to buy protein bars. And so what you're going to see is ads, promotions, Coupons from you know the, the competing um, pet food company or the or the competing protein bar company, and um, so that's you know really valuable information. 
And I think you'll see, you know, a lot more, um, you know, just bundling of, you know, direct to consumer, um, you know, type packages, all these meal kits are getting to be pretty popular. But when you think about some of these big, you know, CPG company brands, like you think about someone like a Nestle, you know, I do wonder whether they're going to, um, you know, package together a lot of their different, you know, food uh, products and sell more, um, you know, subscriptions, because I mean, really a company like that can get you most of what you need in, in a, in a box uh, product, most of the, 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 a lot of the groceries that, that you need. So I think you're going to see more sort of creative things uh, along those lines. So those were, were 10 uh, CPG um, trends to watch for 2022. Um, if anyone has any you know, feedback, would uh, love to hear it. You feel free to reach out to me at mbowdendistal at freightwaves.com. Also easy to find uh, either on freightwaves.com, uh, where you can also sign up for my newsletter, uh, the Stockouts, which try to get that out twice a week. You can sign up for that at www.freightwaves.com forward slash the Stockout. There's also about um, you know ten other uh, newsletters, uh, about five or six of which are really focused in on one shipper segment. Um, there's also a good one on the trucking equipment called uh, Tech Truck, or, or it used to be called Truck Talk. You know, it's uh, you know Tech Trucks or something like that. Um, so, so check that one out and um, you know, with that, I hope everyone has a great uh, weekend.